Welcome back, listeners. Another episode. We just talking episode six. First things first, man. I want to say rest in peace to my guy, Scott Hall. Um, we don't talk wrestling or anything like that. Scott Hall was somebody I grew up watching wrestling. He's a cool ass dude. Swagger out the ass. Homie was like, regardless if he was Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, homie was a legend. So I just wanted to start with that. But as always, I got my homie Isaiah here. Isaiah, how you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, crazy week as far as the sports world goes. So I'm just ready to get into that. Cuss and discuss all that. Boy, howdy! Now before we get into it, I don't know if I'm just cursed or what happened. But so off the top, I'm gonna tell everyone I dropped the ball. I fumbled the bag. I didn't really watch any of the UFC card last night, and I know we're mostly an MMA podcast but today we're going to talk free agency and nfl as well because there's so much stuff that happened uh, a lot of topics that we can discuss and the card last night from when i heard was a banger but i'm going to give you guys another crackhead story maybe meth head who knows so yesterday i went to my hometown chandler oklahoma and i'm down there and i was like me my wife my kids my parents my sister her kids just spending time with family because my nephews are down from texas and uh spring break so we were just hanging out and uh we were there for a while like my wife ended up leaving and going to norman to her sister's baby shower and i was just down there hanging out with my parents and stuff well one of my dad's friends and his cousins came over uh, older people like 60s and uh one of them had to leave and i was like well i'm sober so i can take you uh, across like a couple blocks drop you off at your car and then you can go wherever you need to go so i took her back uh back to her car and i i just circled the block so I could end up getting back to my my parents. And I, I'm at a stop sign and I see somebody on a bike. And I'm like, oh, man, I can let this bike go by because it's just a bike. Like, I'm not in a rush. I, I mean, I'm in Chandler. Like, it's not that big. So I'm not in a rush. So I'm waiting for him to go. Uh, I'm going to let him get ahead and I'm going to turn right, get behind him or whatever. Uh, and then just kind of ride the brakes or whatever. So I'm sitting at the stop sign just waiting on him to go. And he turns into my car. And yeah. hits my car with his bike and dives in my windshield and is like, oh, and I, I just looked at him and I was like, man, are you kidding me? Like, really? And he's he's out on the floor or on the ground, on the concrete. Ah, hey, man, hell, what you do? I said, what did I do? So I just drove off. I was like, bro, I'm, I'm not like. You 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 gonna end up getting up and, and met the crackhead out and I'm gonna have to pull that rampage Jackson out again and I'm not trying to do none of that so yeah bro I just drove off and and just was like man I'm, I'm gonna to, get my daughter and I'm I'm getting to the crib. He tried to hit you with that Ezel in the in the convenience store. <laughs> <laughs> tried to hit you with that that one crackhead lady in the Walmart special that did that to Albert whenever he rear-ended the shit out of him. I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. I appreciate you coming to get us so we can go to open gym, bro. Man. My God. As soon as he hit her, she came out the car holding her neck, wearing pajama pants and house shoes at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You knew they weren't about nothing. Oh, yeah. They were about you. getting paid, my God. They said, dude, oh, dude free ticket. To, <laughs> dude was trying to sell Albert stereo equipment. I was like, we need to leave immediately. We need to yeah. go right now. It's- <laughs> I, I feel it like I love the spring and the like the summer and stuff. Whenever the, the sun comes out, you can get outside more and not be tucked in from this crazy ass Oklahoma winter or whatever. And but 
that's something that I've always, regardless of where you go, man, once that song comes out, not only are you able to get outside, <laughs> but them hood rats and them, yeah. them, yeah, them methies and crackies, they be, they be out, bro. They, they ready to get, try to get some, get paid or whatever. But yeah, uh, I don't, I mean, my dad told me a story after I got back over there and said that dude calls himself Zeus, I guess, uh, like two or three weeks ago, he was messing with somebody in their yard and they called the cops. And when the cops came, homie stripped out of all of his clothes and they said, yo, what are you doing? He ran up to the cops and said, my name is Zeus. And they grabbed his ass and said, all right, Zeus, get your ass in the back of this car. But, <laughs> but yeah, man, I got on the street. They ain't going to do nothing. They ain't going to try to get them clean. They're just going to detain him. Put him on a little bit of a hold till he calms down and let his ass out again. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's crazy. But man, uh, like I said, I, I didn't watch it. Uh, you said you watched what the, the last three. Yeah. Which uh, from from my understanding, I uh, I tried to wake up a little bit earlier this morning and just watch some of the highlights of a couple of the fights on my phone. And some of them weren't playing. I don't know if they had to edit some stuff so they could replay them on ESPN Plus. But I, I was only able to catch like one highlight of one of the fights that I felt terrible because, you know, we went and hit yesterday. And then I met up and ate with the guy that's like a father figure to me, Mr. J. Jib Boy. Shout out to Jay. And I got home and I was like, why is it saying that Patty the Batty's about to fight? Like, <laughs> it's only four o'clock, bro. And then I realized it was in London. <laughs> and w- there's like a seven hour time gap. So I was like, holy shit, I missed the whole card. I was, I was zooming home. As soon as I got home, I had to fire it up. And right as I fired it up, Patty Pinbelt's walking out. So it was almost perfect timing. But from what I seen from the three main fights, it's like I said, I feel terrible from not watching it, you know start to finish was the first off the energy in the O2 arena in London was absolutely insane, not only for him, but for every other fighter, you know, the, every other uh, England born fighter on those in those last three fights, essentially, they were just so hyped up to have the UFC back out there again. And you could really, really tell. It was rocking, man. I mean, I think from start to finish, that whole arena was packed just to see some fights, which is really good for the sport, especially whenever you have the or an organization like the UFC have so many international fighters. From time to time, you know, whenever it's in Houston or if it's back in Vegas or even in MSG, it doesn't draw the same kind of excitement as it does whenever they go overseas. For instance, one of the biggest ones was whenever – Izzy fought Robert Whitaker. I mean, that was huge. They they did they put on that entire fight card in a soccer stadium. So I think that was really cool to see. And talking about Patty the Batty, man, he uh he made light work of Kazula Vargas <laughs> pretty quick. Um they started out, you know, they did some exchanges. Patty missed on the first takedown, but everybody thought he got rocked and he was in the most gibberish form of an accent explained that he didn't get rocked and then he uh they were up on the fence they were in a clinch and he gave him the hip toss and he tried to get in the mouth got in the half guard and then Kazula tried to scramble out of it and he just took his back choked him out I think he all of that action happened in three and a half minutes 
and Patty won. It was, I mean, it was, it was seriously, it was light work of a fight. And he was hyped up. He's selling himself really good. He's got mm-hmm. a huge following. Like, I don't know what the hell he said, who, who he called out. <laughs> um, I don't know if you caught that post-fight interview that he had with Bisbing, but he called out somebody. It was probably Ilya Topura, uh, the dude that fought earlier. And the, the dude that, I don't know if you've seen the video a few days ago. In yeah. The, in the back, they, they ended up, like, coming to blows or whatever. Uh, yeah. It was probably that dude, but his yeah, like you said, his accent is so thick. I man, we're not here. Oh, I, uh, yeah. might and it's like yeah. yo, chill out. Like I get your height, uh, but yeah, now nah, he's he's done. Uh, I don't. I mean, I've been talking about it like for a year at least, probably more. But it, it we we I talk about this almost weekly for people who want fighter pay, and that's one thing that everyone. Uh, who is just negative towards like Dana and the UFC, uh, like how people are getting paid. Guys like him, guys like Patty the Batty, they he took advantage of it, man. He has such a following, and he hasn't even fought anybody at this point. He's a welterweight, and we don't even know. There, like nobody's asking for him to fight Hamzat Shemaev or Colby Covington or anything. Anybody, we're just. They, people just want to see him fight and that's i mean that's that's how you sell yourself that's how you make money and like you said he's he's got the old school owen hart haircut and yeah, yeah. yeah bro he's he's just a he's a he's a cool dude um i i really i mean like you said he made light work of him he was hyped uh he he said next time let's uh uh, let's. I don't even remember what the fuck he said, but he wants to sell. He wants to fight in a, a stadium. He said, Let, yeah. "Give us a stadium and we'll fill it. I'll fill it from head to toe." So, yeah. And I, like you said, you said it perfect. Anytime, like it. Obviously, we know you have the UFC is going to be stronghold in the states, right? And because of COVID, we're going to have more fights now in Houston, Jacksonville, occasional New York. Most of the time in Vegas and either M- uh, MGM or in the Apex, or we're going to go to the damn uh, Fight Island. Yeah. But like Dana was so hyped after the card. I did see that in the post fight uh, press conference. He said, I don't care. We will be back this year because of the excitement. Like you said, whenever, whenever you go elsewhere, man, them fans have been waiting longer. You remember whenever the fans first came back, whenever it had that crazy fight card with like, was it, was it Masvidal? Yeah, it was Masvidal yeah. and uh, Usman. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Wei Lee and Thug Rose and then Justin yeah. Gaethje and Michael Chandler. Yeah. How fucking wild that card, like how hype and the energy was. Yeah. Every time they go overseas, that's what it is. They yeah. bring that shit, bro. Hard, man. I mean, they they brought it for sure. That's what I like to see. I mean, it was loud. It was a raucous crowd. And I mean, Patty definitely played into that. You know, on his walkout, he was playing into it. After the post fight, he was dancing and he ran from side (laughs) to side in the octagon and got everybody all hyped up and things of that nature, man. So it it was really cool to see. I hope they do more fights overseas because not not any disrespect to the average, you know, fan in the u.s but the ufc has so many international fighters on it and people from overseas like they're the entire pride of their country in mma that's like the grandest stage of them all you know it's like 
fighting it's like the difference in you know like a ball to triple a ball to the majors you know ufc is the majors when it comes to the mma because you get the most exposure that's why they do get so hyped up because you know they got the entire backing of wherever they're from with them you so i think it's incredible you're a thousand percent right and uh don't want to take too much time on patty like like i said he'll fight Toporia next. They're, Dana's going to make that happen. But yeah. um, th- I, I think that another reason that the crowd is so energetic and whatnot is they're different. They're actual diehard fans. Yeah. The the U.S. MMA fans are dumb as fuck. And I know we're in that category, but for the most part, the casual fans are dumb as fuck. Like you have you have casual fans that that'll say some ignorant shit like, "Oh, Jake Paul would be." Um, Israel Adesanya and really believe that shit. Oh yeah. Those those they don't think for okay, it's 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 like music. Back in the day, you know, you had to be you had to be super talented. Uh like let, let's use Kanye for example. Kanye was told no and no and no and he finally got his chance to show how talented he was and then Kanye turned into one of the biggest artists of all time. And that's how the music industry used to be. Now you fast forward to all these platforms and you have you have overflux of rappers and artists and all this shit. So there's a lot you have to like, you have to be able to swim through all the, the garbage to get to a gym. Yep. That's not, it's it, overseas. That's how it, it's, it's like the old uh, music industry where for them to be, make it to the UFC, they have to be super talented because there's not that many gyms overseas. There are some, but there's not as many as there are over here. So over here, yeah. You shit. We could just right now just be like, man, I want to train and just start training and probably get a fight and fight somewhere and potentially have an easier way to to make it to the UFC or Bellator or something like that. Yeah. Over there, man, they actually have to grind. So when they make it, those fans gravitate towards them. Yeah. And over here, like I said, we gravitate towards fucking Jake and Logan Paul. But uh, <laughs> let, let, let's let's move on to the next one. Uh, uh, obviously, Arnold, Arnold Allen, yeah, and yeah. Dan Hooker. Uh, and that one didn't last too long either. Another no. first round, round KO, yeah. KO, TKO. And mm, go ahead, because I didn't watch it. What happened, my gosh? Sheesh. I mean, they got out, bro. And I'm not going to lie. It was a pure firefight. Like, they were both of them swinging for the fences. Both of them connecting. Arnold Allen didn't give two shits. He was throwing all sorts of caution to the wind. And Dan Hooker was kind of matching his energy for the first, like, minute or so and you can tell they both kind of got tired rested up tried to be a little more calculated and then i think arnold allen caught him with a left hook and it almost you could see it on dan hooker's face it kind of took the wind out of himself he just it wasn't a full stubble but he kind of sighed a little bit and then arnold allen just pounced my goodness man he he threw a head kick um, was, you know, running him down, just trying to throw a combination. And then he got him up on the fence and he was just, he was just elbowing him, just with his left, just elbowing him and elbowing him and elbowing him. And then finally, um, they called the fight. I think it was, ah, man, maybe two and a half to three minutes. It was, it was quick. It was a snap of a finger. And I was like, holy shit, if they make it out of this round, man, this, this is going to be the fight of the night. Especially because the 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 toughness that Dan Hooker to me was showing, but 
at the same time, I don't know if he gets out of that wild exchange that, you know, Arnold Allen was putting up for him. But, yeah, we definitely have to talk about Dan Hooker is officially on the decline. Yeah, and I, I actually just watched it. I pulled up some highlights. I didn't get to see the finish. Mm-hmm. But, good Lord, the pace that the, – the amount of punches and shit that Arnold <laughs> Allen was throwing, good Lord, he was on – he was, he was throwing them things, and Dan Hooker, it looked like he was trying to be more inside himself and technical, and he, he yeah. caught, it looked like he buckled Arnold Allen uh, to a knee, and then yeah. it looked like he stepped in, and then he got clipped. So it was like they were, they, were, yeah. they, were, they were throwing them things. But, yeah, like you said, man, Dan Hooker at one point was ranked number five or number six in the lightweight division. He's, that was his first fight at featherweight, uh, which I'm sure he'll get more chances uh, at featherweight. It's the first time he's made the cut, so – uh, I'm sure he'll get more chances and stuff, but man, we've again we went from him being a number five, number six rank to losing a a fight of the year candidate to Dustin Poirier, yeah, to being knocked out uber quickly by yeah. Michael Chandler, yeah, to then being fucking ran through by Islam Makachev, and then yeah. now getting getting sparked by Arnold Allen, and it's crazy because. I think he, he, he will have some success at the featherweight division. He should. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, once you once we start seeing some of these guys get sparked and ran through like this, man, their confidence is gone. Yeah. And they you just never – That block, that back. mental block. Yep. Yeah. You don't know if you can really compete at that same high level again. I mean, I know stats don't tell the whole story, but if you just look at the stats, man, he was – Arnold Allen was 49 of 84 with significant strikes and 50 of 85 with his total strikes. <laughs> that boy was out there throwing them things. And it was two minutes and 33 seconds of the first round. So, yeah, they took like a 15 to 20 second break and then got right back to business. It was insane. I'd never seen a pace that – I hadn't seen a pace that strong since the Gaethje Chandler fight. Yeah, and, and again, we're just talking off that – I think that's because of the crowd. I think yeah. this was for like like I've like seen on social media. Obviously, I, don't, I mean it's just a grain of salt, but uh, a lot of people were saying this is probably the best card. And like I said, after what Dana said, after he was so hyped <coughs> because of it, the the crowd will make cards like this that are just nuts, like and have fights like that because yeah. when you're when when people have said it, when you're in the cage fighting and the crowd is going crazy. You don't want to stall because you're energized. You got that ab- adrenaline going, and you just you're trying to finish people. And that's what I mean. Look, if you start from start to bottom, that's what the fight card was. And like yeah, at the I, end, the Tom Aspinall and Alexander Volkov straight yeah. arm armbar, and yeah. fucking three minutes and forty five seconds in the first round. Like yeah. we're talking about a. Let's see, from top to bottom, you had a first round submission in the first fight, a split decision, unanimous decision. A first round submission, a first round knockout, a first round submission, a second round KO in the Topuria fight, a third yeah. round KO, a decision, a first round submission, a first round knockout, and a first round submission. Then yeah. these these girls and guys were out here like we 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 out here to get this shit done. We doing our job and we getting out of here. We gonna put on a show for these these yeah. fans going crazy and go from there. Yeah. And I think so, too. Uh, I didn't watch the Molly McCann fight, but I saw the knockout, and she trains at the same gym as uh, Patty, Patty Pimbelt. When's the last time you saw a spinning back fist knockout? 
It's been a while. That's what this girl did. She caught yeah. her offhand. The girl was trying to throw, and she caught her hand and pulled her hand basically into the backhand, the spinning back fist that she threw. Knocked her out cold. Had her had her in angel pose on the on the ground. Like she's getting ready to make a snow angel. Insane. Insane. I mean, you know she got knocked out on the night, probably. Or Temporia did. I mean, I watched his knockout. That one was pretty hyped up. But I think they're going to give it to Molly McCann because when was the last time you saw that? Temporia was just throwing those things and caught that dude. <laughs> and it was in the second round. I mean, Molly's was – it was nasty. I mean, I've never – she got knocked out. That girl got knocked out cold. And then finally, yeah. the the, uh, the Volkov-Aspinall uh, fight. It was in the first round. Um, Volkov, you know he's you know he's a striker. He's got the length and everything like that. But I think Aspinall did a really good job of trying to close that distance by kind of blitzing Volkov a little bit. I mean, he blitzed him. Hello. Uh-oh. That aspect of it. Did you get yeah. to that? Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and like you said, Volkov is a stand-up fighter, and he got took down twice, got subbed. That's, that's something that we started to see more in the heavyweight division. There for a while, it was just a lot of bangers, Pauls, but a lot of people that just wanted to stand, your Derek Lewis's and whatnot, but now you're starting to see a lot more mixed martial arts in the heavyweight division, which is yeah. good. I did hear, or just read it, because Francis Ngannou just had knee surgery and he's supposed to be out for like nine months, which almost guarantees that it's going to be a full year because he's it's he's out nine months. Then he's going to have to do a, a two-month camp. So it's going to be about a year until he fights again, if not longer. So they're going to do an interim title. Uh, from what I've heard, we could see Stipe versus Tai Tuivasa. We could see John Jones come back and fight. Uh, either Stipe or Tui Taivasa. Uh, we could see Tui Taivasa fight someone else. I've seen um, Aspinall. So many Aspinall called yeah. him out. Well, he didn't really call him out. He just said, hey, you know, let's do it. You know, he's been making a lot of headway in the division. And I think something that the commentators, and I'm not, you know, exactly piggybacking off of what they said, but they, uh, they, uh, they basically were talking up Aspinall's agility for a bigger guy. He moved. They were like, "Oh, he moves like a like a like a welterweight, or he moves like a middleweight type of guy. He's got a he's got a lot of speed. You know, he's not as slow as some of these heavyweight guys are." And I think you really saw that in the fight. Like his head movement was great. I mean, he did. I think uh, Volkov tried to throw a. Uh, Try to throw a hook or something like that. I mean, he—that's when he got the takedown. He he did per, like perfect head movement, moved in, dug down, got the takedown. It was like perfect. That's nice. Yeah, that's. Really I good. mean, yeah, and that I, again, I've been seeing a lot more because that Spivak guy that ended uh, ended Greg Hardy's UFC career. Damn he right. around really well. He was very technical. I mean, obviously, Greg Hardy is garbage, but uh, yeah. 
I don't know, man. I, I feel like the heavyweight division is becoming more, uh, for me, I'll say more fun to watch because don't don't get me wrong, I do enjoy watching people just get slept and and go to sleep, but it does get wild just watching people just like them come out and have no technique and just throw caution to the wind and just beat the hell out of each other. Just whoever's two the drunk last one dudes standing. at a bar. Yeah, yeah, that's that's essentially what it looks like a lot of the time. Uh, so it does it does. I do enjoy watching heavyweights actually uh, have like like show great technique, uh, mm-hmm. be more mixed like mixed martial artists and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, we shall see. But obviously, I'm sure the UFC does. Yeah, I know for a fact they do. Uh, one sec. Yeah, there's a card that comes up next week. Uh, the mm-hmm. Curtis Blade Chris Dawkins fight. I yep. just looked at it. So, oh, Kai Kai front. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to talk about that one. I just knew that they had a card coming up, and then before too mm-hmm. long, we'll be to the Volkov Korean Zombie and then Aljamain and Piotr Jan fight. So, uh, I'm really hyped up for those. But going off off topic and talking uh, NFL free agency, this shit has been fucking nuts, man. We yeah. have like <laughs> Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. Then we have Deshaun Watson saying he doesn't want to go to Cleveland. Then he goes to Cleveland. And then obviously Baker fans are being crybabies because they're fucking crybabies. Then you have like what uh, the Steelers signing Mitchell Trubisky. And then you have uh, just Tom Brady coming out of retirement. Then you have just so many crazy ass moves. Randy Gregory telling the Cowboys to eat a dick. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it is crazy, man. What what's what's some of the moves that you've seen that you're just like, man, this either is a stupid ass move. Or it made it made a team better. Um, I think that you have now, and maybe I'm speaking too out of turn because it's early, it's just off season, but I think the move to get Russell Wilson just made the AFC West the best division in football. By far. And you know, you gotta think, even though Vaughn Miller don't play for the Broncos no more and he signed that big deal with Buffalo, like Bradley Chubb is still a really, really good player. And they'll get Patrick Sartain Jr. or the the third or the second, whatever the hell he is. They'll get him back next year, so their defense is going to improve if those guys can stay healthy. Um, As far as that receiving core goes, you don't have the big names, but honestly, Russell Wilson made those names for a lot of the people that he played with in Seattle. I don't think he gets enough credit for making, you know, mid-end to low-end receivers, like, good. Because what did uh, Jerome – was it Jerome Curse? Yeah. What did he do after he left Seattle? Doug Baldwin retired. (laughs) Yeah. I mean – the the real quick the Broncos receiving core too is not like you young. said they don't have yeah and they don't have the big name but people don't understand how good they really are like yeah. I mean go I mean let, let's look at it let's America's team got yeah. ate the fuck up by them Jerry yeah. Judy had a good game and I think he ended up getting hurt uh, mm-hmm. they still have Cortland Sutton who's not a bad receiver and then they have Tim Patrick I believe is that dude's name yeah who, Noah Fant no Noah Fant got traded. Uh, yeah but Patrick was the one who ate up uh, Trevon Diggs so I mean they're 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 just going to get better playing with Russ and I mean they have a solid running game they have a solid defense they have the altitude uh they have the altitude advantage over everybody and like you said that division now bar none is the best division in the league because you also have to think about the Chargers upgrading their defense they they go out and get 
uh, JC Jackson, and they go out and get fucking Khalil Mack. Man, they are they're they they're going Mike for Williams. It. You yeah, know, they 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 you know they make certain moves. I mean, and then you got to think in that same division, the Packers just traded Devontae Adams because he didn't want the franchise tag. They traded him to Oakland. Mm-hmm. With you know an All Pro tight end already in, you know, uh, Darren Wall. Wall. You know they got a, a solid running game. You got a quarterback who's always been just under. You know, he, Derek Carr has almost been enough every time. Almost every single time he's been almost there. So I think that this might even push him over the top because. I mean, yeah, Deshaun Jackson, I think, is still there. But, you know, let's – I mean, let's see what they do. It doesn't make him so reliant. And having Hunter Renfro and in the intermediate stuff just makes them even better because you got a, an extreme outside threat now in Devontae Adams. You're, mm-hmm. Derek Carr, is he's not going to be forced to throw the ball to Darren Waller 15, 16 times a game <laughs> like he was last season. Imagine how frustrating that was for some people that had Waller in fantasy. You know he's getting the, the majority of the target share. But it's because Derek Carr is forcing them to the damn ball. And they can be terrible throws. He's just like, hey, fuck it. I trust him over everybody else. That's essentially what he did. So that team just gets better. You know, it's uh, that, that was probably one of the more shocking moves because Russ never actually came out and said, I don't want to play in Seattle. He was just like he is. He essentially did what Aaron Rodgers did. Nah, bro, don't, to, don't don't well, don't hurt my guy. Fuck, I, I'm, I'm gonna say this. Fuck Aaron Rodgers, bro. I'm I'm glad Devonte Adams left him, and I I want to say this because he's be, he's went out of his way to become a diva. He wanted all this shit. I want I want to be able to uh be able to make the decisions, and I want to be able to do all this shit. And I get it. Bro, like you want to win. That's what you're telling people. That's what you're telling the media. That's what you're telling yourself. You want to be a winner. You want win. You want the people around you that you want. And then you go and and cap jail your team and take yeah. the bag. So now the the only easy fix to to keep your best weapon, Devontae Adams, is to franchise tag him. That's yeah. gonna piss him off because he's performed at a top receiver in the league pace for the past two or three years. Yeah. Now, because you take the bag, they can't really just give him what he deserves. So yeah. guess what? Now he's like, all right, y'all could give me that same money, but now I don't want to deal with this fucking crybaby. I'm going to go play with my college quarterback and yeah. in a better situation because Aaron's getting older. He looks like the dude from the, the Crypt Keeper from Tales <laughs> of the Crypt, and he just cries every fucking week. We have to hear about him crying about the Packers organization. Oh, you guys drafted Jordan Love. They drafted Jordan Love, but never have they tried to, like, force you out. If no. you – they've made it known. If you want to play, you're going to start. They drafted him just in case you wanted to retire. You can't get mad at a fucking organization for drafting someone in case you decide to retire out of nowhere. They yeah. have to have their bases covered. So that Russ, to I, me, he he his is a lot easier because, like you said, he just kind of came out and was like, um, "I just like, want us to do better." Yeah, like, let me make, help. Make the, yeah, let's make some moves to where we can improve our offensive line or we can improve the defense. Like he always wanted to be in Seattle. It was just what are what are y'all gonna do to make us a competitive team? Because. I don't know if people realize this, the, the average 
NFL fan, but how many years in a row for the first eight to nine weeks of the season, everybody was like, you let Russ cook and you let him be an MVP. But the problem with that is, is he would get dog tired. And so the back half of the season, yeah, they were still making the playoffs, but this man didn't have any juice left. They were figuring out that offense because it was all predicated on what he did. You know, if he wanted to hand the ball off 20 times a game, he wasn't even doing that, even when Chris Carson was healthy. Maybe a handful of times. And when that was happening, Chris Carson, they would go away from it. They'd be running the ball together. They'd be like, fuck it, we're doing RPOs. RPOs, <laughs> Russ, pull, pull it down every single time. Nothing's open. Fuck it, we'll just keep running the ball. We don't even care. We're going to let you get sacked and sacked and sacked. He was only second behind Joe Burrow in the past two seasons for uh, sacks allowed. Yeah. Second to only him. Joe Burrow. Yeah. They don't have a block for him. Yeah. Who, I mean, how, how do you – well, and we were talking about it yesterday whenever we went to go hit. I was like, they're a better run blocking team than, than they are a pass blocking team. Uh, pass blocking, they they don't know what the fuck to do. Run blocking. You talking about, the, talking about the, Seattle or – Yeah. Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. yeah. One, like you said, for one, their organization – like Russ coming out and saying stuff, I get it. Chris Carson is a nice back, but they reached for him. Uh, they, I mean, are, and maybe it was Rashard Penny. I don't remember, but they're both always hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you've watched offensive linemen come in and then leave, and they try, mm-hmm. they're trying to be cheap around people who are impact players like Jadavian Clowney. Um, but yeah. I don't. I I understand Russ's frustration and never like Russ was never just like I mean if y'all don't if y'all don't give me what I want maybe I'm maybe I don't play. He he never pulled that. He just said like I like I want to win. I need I should be involved in the situation. So I get that. Yeah. But, um, and my, he wasn't he wasn't you know like you said like Aaron Rodgers, you know being extra about it. He was just like, cry baby. You know come on like if if this is what we want if we want to get back to where we want to be like. These are the things that need to happen, and they weren't making it happen. And I feel like a lot of it had to do with Pete Carroll's ego. Honestly, that's that sad and, to say. Yeah, I think Pete Carroll has it still. He's still like a, one of those college guys mindset of how to build a roster, which is like, oh, don't worry about signing those guys because we can just we'll we'll still get talent kind of thing. And it's it's a little bit different in the league, but mm-hmm. um, my from what I was gonna say about like. The the move that shocked me obviously was the Deshaun Watson deal, uh, yes. because I honestly I thought Deshaun would end up in like Atlanta or New Orleans, yeah. and and then once the ball started getting rolling, I was like, ooh. And the cra- the crazy thing is, is I, I always thought if he went to Cleveland or Indy, that was the best spots. Mm-hmm. But the what I wanted to talk about because this is what I see all the fucking time is once once they they signed him, everyone. Well, Oklahoma fans, which I'm an Oklahoma fan, but whatever, immediately was like the Browns have a the Browns uh the Browns are idiots. They're still the Browns, blah blah blah, and all this other stuff. Look, <laughs> if you're an OU fan and you cannot look at it and say Deshaun Watson is and has been a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield, even in college, you're yeah. just a bi- you're just biased. Yeah, I love Baker, love Baker. Baker is one of my favorite college quarterbacks of all time. But I can look at it and say, Baker's made the playoffs one once. He's had an eleven game stretch where he played great, and the rest of his his career he's been ass. Yes, he went to an ass organization. 
However, that ass organization has Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney. It's, uh, it has some really good first-round picks. It has a good offensive line and Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham, and Jarvis Landry, mm-hmm. and Joku, Austin Hooper before they cut him. They have pieces. Mm-hmm. In Texas, in, down in Houston, it was Deshaun Watson and fucking uh, DeAndre Hopkins until he would get hurt at the end of the year. And yeah. the best season that Deon- Deshaun Watson had he didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. And guess what? He took him to the playoffs. <laughs> He's went to the playoffs more times than Baker with the worst roster. So yeah. fuck out of here. I don't understand why people just have this, like, I get it. Baker is a very beloved figure in Oklahoma. And like I said, my softball nickname is Blacker Mayfield. <laughs> but you just got to look at it and be like, man, Baker ain't it. Baker is a... People try to say, oh, he's just below. No, Baker is, in, in his draft class, you can say, okay, he's better than Rosen and he's better than Darnold. But then yeah. you compare him to Josh Allen. Not even close. Yeah, no, Not no, even no. close. Well, you got to think, I mean, at least in, in my opinion, Baker went into a situation, you know, starting out at Cleveland, that he had a better offense around him. Yes. His, his, his rookie year. He didn't even start. Josh Allen... I mean, he didn't have digs. Who was Josh Allen's best receiver his first year in the league? They still won some games. They didn't make the playoffs, but uh, they still won some Marquise games. Marquise Goodwin was his <laughs> number one target. <laughs> You're saying everything that you need to say. I know. <laughs> Marquise, Good- Marquise Goodwin is not even in the league anymore, I don't think. Right. And if he is, he's like a third or fourth string receiver. I You know. It's nuts. I, I, like I said, that wouldn't shock me. Uh, the Cowboys being the Cowboys kind of shocked me. I'm very hyped, hyped on the Steelers moves. We haven't done anything crazy. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say is like, oh, Mitchell Trubisky's in a better situation, so he's going to play better. Obviously, he just has to play better uh, in yeah. the situation. But the other signings that the Steelers made that weren't splash moves that I like, we made a conservative. We made an effort to better our offensive line because we had to. So we yeah. signed three solid linemen. We're probably going to draft offensive linemen again. Yeah. And then Miles, uh, the Miles Jack at middle linebacker. Now we have Miles Jack and Devin Bush with TJ Watt. Like that, that's a good linebacking core. We need to solid, like get our uh, secondary in gear. And I'm really hoping because there's been rumors that we can use what we have left because we still have a decent amount of cap to sign Tyron Matthew. And if we can do that, then I'm going to be like, all right, we didn't have a huge, yeah, we didn't have a huge off season, but we fixed what we needed to be fixed. Quarterback is more mobile. We'll be fine. Yeah. And people forget that Mitch, Mitch Trubisky still had a winning record as a starting quarterback for the bears. Took him to the playoffs twice. Yeah. In a Matt Nagy offense. I mean, yeah, he was young, so there were some growing pains, obviously, which is unfortunate that they basically gave up on him whenever he didn't have a whole lot to run off of. But he made some players pretty good. I mean, Allen Robinson, for one. Allen Robinson just took off to to the Rams, where the Rams, I think, made a dumb move and traded Robert Woods. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that was dumb. I feel like his career's there's no telling where that's going to go. I think somebody, I'm not going to lie, and I know our boy Cameron is a Jags fan, but why? 
why do you make why are you giving out all this money to mid-level receivers <laughs> when I feel like you did nothing to improve your team on the defensive side of the ball? You tried to improve your offense, but the problem was is that you couldn't stop everybody. And, I mean, there was situations to where the play calling was so shot and so bad, you throw Trevor Lawrence into the wolves, and you guys barely make it. Did they even re-sign uh, James Robinson, the running back? No, but he tore his Achilles, didn't he? Uh, I can't. I can't remember. Yeah, what no, he, he tore his Achilles. I had him in fantasy, and I know for a fact he tore his Achilles because I was in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure playing mm-hmm. somebody, and I would have beat them. But he tore his Achilles and put up like point seven points. So mm, yeah, but I feel like you know if he comes back healthy, like. I I thought the Rams kind of did did Robert Woods dirty. You know, he's been a part <laughs> of that franchise for so long. You sign Allen Robinson, now you got too many mouths to feed, essentially. But that offense is going to look great. I don't know if they're going to try to keep Odell because Odell tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, what's the odds of him coming back healthier or healthy? You know, in this next season, he's not coming back till week 10, you know, because they want to rehab. They want to ease him in because this is the second ACL tear of the past, what, three years, four years? Yeah, this is like three or four years. Um, So, you know, I, I feel like Robert Woods doing it one time outweighs Odell doing it twice. Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion. And... We just got a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball. Shout out to the front office, our slightly racist front office. Um, <laughs> and we, we we went out and we got Teddy two gloves, baby. Let's go. Y'all, y'all did, had a couple moves, especially running back-wise. Like, you got Chase Edmonds and then you got Raheem Mostert. Yes. Uh, the Mostert signing for next to nothing, one year, three million. Uh, that yeah. one's not a bad signing because he's such he's such a banger bust back. Like if you get yeah. that if you get that boy in space, it's a wrap. But his biggest issue is is health. So, yeah. uh, but I think, I think y'all so have too. A the the o, the O line was actually showing and proving to the OC that hey we can run block because in the last couple weeks of the season, yeah we ended up with a winning record, but. I mean, we made Duke Johnson look like an every down back. <laughs> not that's not oh, a discredit to Duke Johnson at all. Um, Y'all signed Cedric Wilson? Yeah. What the fuck? I didn't know. Okay, first of all, so the Cowboys passed on on re-signing Cedric Wilson and they signed Michael Gallup? Yes. L, what the fuck? What, why am I having arguments in the offseason with Cowboys fans first? Like, this shit don't make sense to me. They're... Everybody's blaming Zeke and everybody's blaming all these other people. That's stupid, a, a stupid fucking move. Like, the, I feel like, obviously, it might be just be my bias. Maybe I just don't know them boys who haven't won a fucking Super Bowl since I was five or six years old. But <laughs> I feel like their offense would pick up when Cedric Wilson was in the offense. Yes. Yes, they, they could actually use him in, you know, uh, trick plays. You know, he was the guy that was used to make, you know, the uh, the Philly special type passes or the wide receiver passes, things of that nature. Change of pace. He's not, And he was a good route runner. I feel like he was mm-hmm. a pretty good route runner. There yes. was a couple of weeks when Gallup was out and he was going off. And then he yeah. got hurt. That was the only problem is he got hurt. Yeah. And then I, after that, it was so 
Well, I mean, we we know exactly who Dak's going to throw to. He's going to try to force the ball to Amari, try to get C.D. Lamb in the shallow routes, and get uh, whether it be uh, who was Schultz healthy? Yes, yes. He, I mean, he Schultz. did get nicked up a little bit, but yeah, he was yeah. healthy. Yeah, oh, he just can't block or shoot. Yeah, and they even started throwing it to Sprinkle in the zone in the zone routes, and they would just find him in space. And they just completely abandoned the run game towards the back half of the season. I mean, let's be real. I mean, that's why uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I, I think I think what y'all what y'all are missing uh, is a bigger receiver. Obviously, y'all going to use Gasecki that way. You're tight end. Uh, but well, I think we have need... uh, not to not to try to cut you off a whole no, lot. We have Devontae Parker. Oh, I, I forgot. Yeah, no, no, no. Y'all, y'all might be nice, bro. Like, I mean, y'all probably still gonna get the shit kicked out of y'all by the Bills, but y'all gonna be nice because I, I mean, mean, we might well, compete more. <laughs> no, nah, y'all, y'all are. That's the thing about y'all is is Dolphins always compete. Uh, but I mean, y'all, y'all are gonna go as far as as to a take take y'all. Uh, hopefully for your sake that he takes he takes us. A couple of steps forward, but I mean, we'll yes, see. because I think that I think having Teddy Two Gloves signed as a backup, I think that because Teddy has always been a very efficient type of quarterback, he's not going to throw for five thousand. He's going to throw for thirty five hundred to four hundred. Give you about twenty touchdowns, maybe you know eight to twelve picks. You know, he's going to be in that range. That's good enough to be a starter on the majority of teams in this league. Um, you know, the Sam Darnold project in Carolina lasted a couple weeks till he got hurt, and then they realized Teddy was better. The only problem with Carolina is it had absolutely no O-line. The defense was sh- sketchy. Christian McCaffrey got hurt, so you lose your best weapon. So he, he was fighting an uphill battle um, whenever he was in Carolina. Um, whenever he was in Denver, he actually was winning games in Denver. Um, so I think, well, my bad. He was in Carolina. Uh, yes, he was in. Yeah, he was in Carolina last year. Yeah, uh, this past or, year, not last year, but the year before. The yeah. uh, this past year, he was in Denver. Yeah, and in Denver, he was winning games. You got to think he beat the Cal. He beat the shit out of the Cowboys. <laughs> Them boys. You know what I mean. Teddy Teddy has proven that he can hang with teams if you if you're smart about your play calling and you let him I feel like if you let him play to his strengths which are intermediate routes um you know working in the running game a lot seam of routes which is crazy because seams. yeah but which is crazy because those are Tom Brady's favorite routes but again I'll, I'll go ahead I'll, I'm I'm just going to make a point afterwards but uh, I think having him gives gives uh, the proper pressure for Tua. Hey, you know this guy can win games, and he can take a team to the playoffs behind you. Your backup was Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett can throw, but just Jacoby Brissett ain't going to be winning games like Teddy. So either you can get with it. This is your third year now. So, I mean, what's going to happen with you? We tried – Two years ago to give you a chance to start, and you got beat out by Fitz Magic. You started all this past year, and you got banged up a couple of times, but we still had to insert another quarterback for you, so what do you need? This is your year. 
And it's not even a whole lot of pressure on you because every year that we've given you an opportunity, you end up getting benched because you're not moving the ball. So move the ball or you know that he is uber capable of winning games for our team. So, yeah, I mean, it gives a swift kick of the ass that he needs. Yep. Um, my, my last two questions, obviously not done, but uh, <clears throat> if you had to say one, two or three teams who won free agency, who would you pick? Uh, the Broncos. All right. Uh, Broncos. I agree. Uh, the Chargers. Yep. And, um, man, you know, there's a toss-up between a lot of teams for that third spot. But I would have to say, I mean, as sad as it's going to be to say it, man, probably the Rams. See, I'll I'm with you for the first two, and then the last one I'm gonna say the Raiders. Oh yeah, getting uh getting Devontae helps a lot, uh, and then also getting Chandler Jones uh, uh is gonna help a lot. The pass rush in that division AFC West is gonna be crazy. So, yes. but also, um, where do you think Baker is gonna end up? Obviously, the the Browns at this point have Baker as a backup quarterback. And if um, people want to people want to argue with me right now on the depth chart, if they were to start the season, that Baker wouldn't be the backup; he would compete. They're paying Deshaun Watson two hundred and forty-five guaranteed million. He's starting. End of yes. story. Yeah, and I think to um, a certain point, he basically levied himself to be traded. I mean, you write a thank you letter to the city of Cleveland and said you gave everything that you had. So at this point, I mean, where does he go? Does he go to Atlanta? Does he go to Carolina? Does he, I don't know. I mean, crazy, crazy turn of events. You know, do they ship him off to Chicago? Do they ship him no. off to Tampa Bay or New Orleans? Like, no. Where does he go? I, so Here's here's the thing, and it, it, this is going to be predicated on, for one, who is going to offer the most for him, and then yeah. secondly, how do the Browns feel about him? Because you have to think about it. The Browns wasted – well, I'm not going to say wasted. The Browns spent a number one overall pick for a quarterback who continues to play this I have a huge chip on my shoulder, right? And with that huge chip, you have to look at it. He played the underdog role. But when you actually look at it, Baker, you were a Heisman winner. You were the number one overall pick in a draft. That underdog story, that shit's out the window. Now you got to produce. We yeah. see you on every commercial ever during football season. So you have to produce and not a, sm a fraction of games. You have to produce. Uh, not only that, you're always on Twitter running your mouth. You're always getting fined in postgame. You didn't grow at all. You're the same person. And I know people say, well, we love the fire of Baker. As you are as a player, the same thing in life, you have to grow. And if you don't, you will continue to be the same player. So yeah. not only was he beefing with Colin Cowherd and beefing with everybody, the Browns organization may just be like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. We don't like oh. you. And send him to Carolina or send him to, like, ah, Houston, we didn't put this in the deal, but give us a compensatory pick and y'all can have Baker. And essentially yeah. watch him wither away into – mediocreness and never be heard from again. He'll be one of the most loved quarterbacks in OU history, 
but we'll be looked at and everyone's going to blame. Oh, it's because he went to Cleveland. Oh, it's yeah. Well, if you're that guy, let's be real. You're going to be that guy. And did Baker sold have out for years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you, I mean, from top to bottom, Marlon, I don't know how fast we can run through this. Where else could he start? Uh, Carolina. Mm-hmm. New Orleans. Yeah. Well, shit, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, I mean, they have me, Jameis coming back, so that's yeah. gonna be a, that's gonna be a. And people don't want to admit it, but Jameis is Jameis has thrown for more yards, touchdowns, and probably around the same picks, and he's probably got a better record uh, than Baker, if not the exact same. But hold on, and I'm gonna pull mm-hmm. up the. So he can't start with Buffalo. He can't start with New England. He's maybe, I mean, Miami. <laughs> Hell uh, no. The Jets ain't gonna take him. They just spent a, a first round pick. He's not going. He's not gonna take Joe Burrow's spot. Pittsburgh nope. doesn't want him. Obviously, he's in Cleveland. He's not better than Lamar Jackson, who was also in his draft class. Yeah. Uh, the Titans aren't gonna take him. The Colts would be the ideal spot for yes. him. But I, the Colts don't have anything unless they give up draft picks. The Colts don't have nothing that the the uh, Browns want, or the Brown. Yeah. yeah, the Colts don't have anything the Browns want. The Colts' best player is Jonathan Taylor. The yeah. Browns have Nick Chubb and Kareem yeah. Hunt. They don't need that. So past that, Houston, which I said that them earlier, yeah. Jacksonville, they have a number one overall quarterback that they're trying to build around. Yeah. Kansas City has Mahomes. Yeah. Vegas has uh, Carr. Carr. Broncos got Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, Russell. Then you have Dak, Jalen Hurt, maybe maybe Philly, because you know Philly has been uh, been like trying to get rid of him. So I mean that wouldn't be a bad spot for him. They're not starting. Uh, he's not starting for the Commanders. Nope, because Carson Wentz. Yep. Yep. Maybe I said New York uh, to Kadeem and Jeff like two days ago. He'd mm-hmm. probably throw him passes in, uh, for New York. He's not uh-huh. taking Aaron Rodgers' spot. He's not taking Kirk Cousins' spot. He's not taking Justin uh, Fields' spot. Maybe Detroit, but again, yeah. he's not taking Tom Brady's spot. I just mm-hmm. mentioned New Orleans. Maybe mm-hmm. Atlanta. Yeah. Maybe Carolina. He's not yeah. taking Matt Stafford. He's not taking Kyler's spot. Yep. San Francisco would be another good spot. But, again, they just Jimmy, drafted Trey Lance. Yeah. Jimmy G is still, you know. Technically there. And Jimmy the, G would be better in any of those other situations that we said that Baker could start in. Jimmy G would be a better fit. Jimmy G has took a team to a, a Super Bowl. So, yes. Yeah. And then uh, Seattle. So, I'd say the best spots for Baker would be Seattle and Indianapolis. But where yeah. do I see him going? Probably somewhere like Detroit, Carolina, uh, Atlanta, maybe Atlanta, because you know yeah. they've been holding on to Matt Ryan for four yeah. years too long. But mm-hmm. I just maybe Houston or some shitbag team. But yeah, that's really it, bro. I don't, I don't see where he could go. Is he about to be in Chase Daniel land? Where nah, <laughs> nah. I think, I think he will be a Kirk Cousins, and that's not that's that's what people don't understand when when people like me who are very love sports and love talking sports. When we say stuff like, ah, Baker's mid, I'm not saying, or Baker's not, Baker's trash. I'm not saying that Baker didn't make it to the NFL. I'm saying to his peers, he's trash. Baker is not a elite quarterback by any means. Baker's not, he's not a Mahomes, a Herb Dog, a Josh Allen or anything. Now, can he change into one of those? Yeah, he could have a, a late career surge and, and mm-hmm. be in, around Dak, which is again very mid, like a, a little bit above mid, uh, mid average yeah. range, which, where Dak is, where is which is where Kirk Cousins is. Yeah. But 
And there's nothing wrong with that. There's really nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think the thing that separates Kirk Cousins and Dak is the play calling of those OCs. Stefanski is basically, he's like, my weapons are my running backs, and I'm going to use my running backs. Kirk Cousins makes a living off of play action because you got a Pro Bowl running back. Mm-hmm. You know, Dak has a Pro Bowl running back. What is Baker Mayfield if he doesn't have Pro Bowl running backs? Yes, he's still a gamer of a quarterback. He's going to put forth his best effort to try to win you games, but when he doesn't have that same talent level behind him yeah, as he's had, <laughs> yeah, and, and even whenever he went to the league, like, what do you do? His the what people fail to understand, and my criticism with Baker is, is he's too inconsistent. Baker will make a throw, and you'll be a couple throws, and you'll be like, "Yo, did you see the zip? Did you see that that throw on the mm-hmm. dot?" Right, mm-hmm. and then he turns around and he will throw a pass so horrible that you're just like, "Bro, what the mind. fuck is that?" Yeah. <laughs> So and and that's that's what you see from young quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, is, how long has Baker been in the league? It'd be year four, right? Year five, and you have to grow past that. The same stuff that that I just said about Baker, Josh Allen did in his first year and a half, two years in the league. Remember, mm-hmm. Josh Allen was looked at as a turnover machine. Not now. Josh Allen is looked at as a top two to three quarterback yeah. in the league. Yeah. So. As you see quarterbacks around him grow, Baker's the exact same player, and you have all of these fans, just like Cowboy fans, who make every excuse in the book, oh, it's Mike McCarthy, oh, it's Jason Garrett, oh, it's Jerry Jones. No, your your guy's just not that good. It's the same thing with Baker. Everybody's making excuses. Oh, well, he had a head case with Odell. Oh, well, okay, but you want to say, oh, well, he he took them to the playoffs. His whole career, Baker has had a top five offensive line, a top seven defense, and a top five running back. Not everybody gets that. Josh Allen damn sure didn't get that in his, in, no. in the league. Josh so, Allen, they got a top 32 running back. Right. <laughs> he is a top 32 running back. Yeah. And so <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying, bro. It's, it's crazy. But uh, anything else free agency you want to touch on? Um, Not off the um, – yeah, one of the biggest free agency moves that happened – quietly that we talk about but we really don't put emphasis on is the goat is back ladies and gentlemen he took a two-month retirement and was like ah fuck this i'm gonna run it back i didn't like the way i ended the last season so here here's to year 22 23 yeah yeah, you know, he I probably mean- spent way too many uh days not training and having to you know, hang out with Giselle all day, and he was like, "All right, I gotta get back in there. I'm not quite ready yet." <laughs> yeah, and like like you said, I don't think his body is beat up like like that because of the TB uh, method. Mm-hmm. I think he he could play like he didn't diminish any of his skill set. He's still the same guy. I mean, uh, I, he led the league in passing. Like you could have made the argument at 44 years old, Tom Brady could have won the MVP. Yeah, easily and. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm like I'm actually glad he's back. Uh, they, I will say the NFC needed him back bad because the NFC, like a lot of people, jump from NFC to AFC. Obviously, obviously, I will say this too. As a, 
I'm not going to go on the hill and say that the the Super Bowl is won in March because it's not in free agency. It's yeah. nice to talk about this shit, yeah. but that's why they have to play the game because I remember uh, – I've said this. I remember when the Chiefs were untouchable. No one was ever going to beat them. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, then I remember how, oh, well, the Bucks are bringing everybody back. They're a shoe-in to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, they don't get back to the Super Bowl. And now we're talking about the Rams. Oh, man. The Rams look good, and they're they're bringing some players back and stuff. Mm-hmm. And how do you stop Cooper Cup? So the season's never won until it's won. Mm-hmm. But I will say, the AFC has to me has more depth. Where the NFC, you have the Rams returning. The Niners should be solid. Uh, yeah. The Bucks are going to be good, and then after that, it's really it's a, a toss up, man. Yeah. Because yeah, because Green Bay what won the they were the one seed. Mm-hmm. They just lost Devonta Adams. So how do they how are they going to look? You know what I'm saying? Like we, we all know. We all know. Yeah, that's so it's it's crazy. It's gonna be nuts. Obviously, uh, this is where you need an Arizona team to step up. But Seattle losing Russell Wilson, bro, it's it's looking slim on that 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 uh, the NFC side. And I mean, we have the teams that made the playoffs this past year. You have Lamar Jackson plus their defense coming back. You have yeah. Derrick Henry gonna be healthy. You have yeah. the AFC West being fucking. The strongest division in the NFL. You have mm-hmm. New England getting better. You have you guys getting better. Man, it's yeah. it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, I think it will, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It sucks that we have to wait uh, about five months for anything to really <laughs> pop off. But yeah, we have the draft next month. Yeah, we'll see yeah. how the draft goes, and but we don't actually get to see any sort of football until that. Well, wait, wait. There is what is it the the USFL or, or the X. Oh yeah, the I think yeah the U the USFL or USS. I don't know what it is, but they're they're supposed to be coming back, and then I, I think the XFL comes back maybe next year or something like that. I mm-hmm. I just I haven't really read too much up into it. I will say though, uh, I I was a part of a green room discussion, and we had the discussion about uh, who would you pick between Herbert Dak. Uh, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins, and then uh, Gronk and Kelsey and stuff. It had a very heated, a very heated conversation uh, with mm-hmm. the diehard Cowboys fan uh, and everybody else who was really just like, "Bro, he's mid. Stop it." Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of conversation. However, Kadeem Gaines mm-hmm. said the next time we do that, he said he needs you in the green room because he said we have a Steelers fan, we have Chiefs fans, we have Cowboys, we have Patriots. He wants a perspective of a Dolphins fan as well. So he said he needs you on board. I will be, I will be on board. Yeah. I'll let the, you, I'll let you know. Yeah. yeah. I'll let you know. For sure. But, yeah. And, and just to add my two cents on the argument of Gronk or Kelsey, um, they're, they're even, <laughs> I can't, I can't say one stands out over the other because respectively in their careers, they have both accomplished great things and they do whatever they need to do for the team. Neither one of them had bad attitudes. They just get open, they catch the ball, they make moves. I would say that they're a deadlock. They're dead even to me. Um, Gronk's a little more physical. Kelsey's a little more agile. So, But, you know, you're splitting hairs with them. To me, they are the, they are the same importance to their team. Yeah, that's that's uh like I don't even think anybody ever like anybody said something like that. 
Uh, and that's a that's a really good point. Uh, they are both as important to their team as the other because if you take Kelsey off of the the Chiefs, they're not as good. And in the Gronk, when he was in New England, and when he's even in Tampa, if you take him off those teams, I don't think they're as successful. I think the I think the definitely not not necessarily the talent gap, but I think. The way that Andy Reid calls his offense, it's really hard for another tight end to step in the way that Kelsey does. With the Patriot way and even with what Tom Brady had whenever he joined the Buccaneers, you already had other talented tight ends, so you didn't notice as much if he wasn't making that big of an impact during the game as far as pass catching. But blocking, he was still an impactful player. Blocking and then just those moments. Yes. Those moments where, where they need to make a play, Gronk is just he just always makes a. And it's the same thing with Kelsey. Like there, when you need somebody to make a play, and it does it doesn't it never makes sense to me because it's like you know who they're gonna look for, you know who Tom Brady's safety blanket is, you know who Mahomes' yeah. safety blanket is, yep. and those dudes always get open and they they always seem to just make a play, and yep. it's it's just crazy. Every but, time, man. But yeah, uh, you you got it. You trying to leave the people with some words? You ain't got to leave them with words of wisdom. You can, you can. What grinds your gears? Oh, man, I'm gonna. Man, you know what really grinds my gears is whenever people don't signal whenever they get over. That shit pisses me off. <laughs> Especially if they don't break, they just old man it. They just kind of cut across. They don't really cut you off, but they definitely are trying to make a move and they don't make you aware of it, like you're supposed to read their mind or some shit, that is absolutely annoying. I'm like, okay, so we're not going to use the signal today? Like, we're not going to respect the people behind you? What if I didn't give a shit about you? Like, come on now. Use your damn blinker and use your brakes. Come on, I heard we're, that. Better than, we're better than that. I heard that. Um, what grinds my gears and what's grinded my gears all week is these goddamn crackheads that I keep running into, bro? Man, like, what the fuck, man? I don't know what's going on with you at at the moment. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you that's why I keep that Chuck Iceman Liddell on me. <laughs> I, I heard that. <laughs> One more thing that I have to announce is we need to have a small segment about what we see at the gym, and we need to call it the Gym Chronicles every week Bet. because I have a story. I was in the sauna. I just did like cardio. I think it was Wednesday. I just I hit the stairs, uh, did the bike, and then I just you know wanted to cut some weight like a wrestler. At least I, that's what I felt like. And my headphones died, and I don't want to hear people. That's why I wear headphones. <laughs> and it's not a. It's no disrespect to anybody else. But I think it's an unwritten rule and it's an understanding that when you get in the sauna, you don't speak, you know, you just you're you're quiet. And if you do speak, I'm going to say it like Tom Segura said, you're a piece of shit. Like, don't talk when you're in there because nobody's really trying. It's hot as hell in there. Like, you shouldn't even have enough energy to be wasting your breath. You should be conserving your energy as much as possible. And I'm in there and my headphones die. So I'm naturally frustrated. Because I'm trying to be in there for like 15 minutes or something like that. And they die like five minutes in. So I'm like, oh, God. Well, there was a Hispanic guy that was had his, had his AirPods in. And he's scrolling through his phone. Well, I think he's talking to his sweetie or whatever the hell he's doing. 
but he's trying to be all cute and he keeps saying shit in Spanish and he's like, no, you say it. No, you say it. Go, baby, baby, no, you say it. And he kept just talking to her. I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Get off the phone while you're in here. And especially me too, I'm trying to notice if anybody else notices what's going on. And there's two other guys in there with me and you know, they don't have headphones on. I was like, oh my God, like you've, you've had to deal with this shit the whole time. I'm annoyed and I've only had to, de- I only have to deal with it for like 10 minutes. I prayed for those. I said a quick little prayer for those guys instantly. I felt so bad for them because they had been hearing it the whole time. And you just have to be silent. You can't be rude and tell this guy like, hey man, shut the fuck up. Like everybody hears you. You just have to sit there and endure. So if you've ever felt like you're backed into a corner, just don't just try your hardest to make sure that you have your headphones charged <laughs> during the workout so you do not have to endure anything like that again. So people charge your damn headphones. That's my word of wisdom for the day. That's that hey, I'm I'm game with the gym chronicles uh once a week because my gym I say my gym story was very similar to that. Uh, I mean, it happened a couple weeks ago because I, I really didn't pay attention to much that happened this week in the gym because I've been dealing with these crackheads. But um, <laughs> same kind of situation, bro. I go to the, I go into the sauna, finishing my workout and stuff, and my headphones die, and I'm sitting there, and I, I had been in there, it'd been about ten minutes, and I was like, I was like, I'll either go five more or ten more because I like to sit in fifteen twenty, get a good sweat. Uh, it also helps me relax my body, so I don't feel like I'm care like just super super sore. So I'm just chilling in there. And I, a guy looks at me and he's like, he gives me a head nod and I give him a head nod. And then there's another guy in there and uh, he gives, he gives him a head nod. And then this guy just off the rip is just like, you know, I was in jury duty last week and they asked me, uh, what did I think? And I said, man, if you ever read in the constitution, this country, and I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. You're like instantly I'm gone. I'm gone. So, so my thing is, is, if you're in the sauna, like you said, don't be talking, but also at the gym, bro, don't bring up, especially in the sauna, don't bring up fucking politics, bro. Ain't nobody want to hear that. I want to sit here and sweat in peace, sit in my sweat, and then get the fuck out of there. But, I'm already yeah. enduring enough sitting yeah. in this sauna that's roughly 110 degrees. Yeah. Like, I don't, okay. I'm not, I don't want none of that, bro. But My water yeah. that is cold is about to be hot by the time I walk out of here. And it, and you're you're making it even hotter in here with your hot ass breath, trying to talk <laughs> way too much. Enough is enough. I heard that. <laughs> well, as always, man, appreciate you guys listening. We will definitely be back. Uh, Isaiah, you get the last word. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Instagram reels, and there's an Italian guy that does food reviews, and I'm gonna piggyback off his line at the end of his review. Take care. Brush your hair. And we out. Peace. <laughs>